there's the, the elephant in the room, which is that such a small percentage of a percent point of the world even knows about this technology, let alone care. Technology is changing how we live and interact with one another at a rapid pace. There's no better time to take advantage of technologies like AI to change any part of your life. Find out what's real and how it works from industry experts in Tech Trends Explained. NFTs, are they a fad? Are they going to stay long-term? I don't know, but that's why I interviewed Forrest Collier for this week's podcast. So Forrest is a senior blockchain specialist solutions architect at Amazon Web Services, where he helps drive the adoption of blockchain, cryptocurrency, and other innovative technologies in the public and private sectors. He's responsible for defining an actual blockchain adoption strategy for these types of companies, designing high-impact blockchain solutions, and guiding them towards the development and implementation of blockchain applications for their industry. Previously, he was a blockchain solutions architect and developer at Deloitte. So he's been doing this now for over six years. So he definitely knows a lot about the history of Ethereum, of blockchain, cryptocurrency, and definitely NFTs. I also started asking him questions about really how do NFTs actually work? Because this is something I also don't know about. But it's definitely an interesting area and certainly ripe for opportunity, especially for someone who wants to switch careers, maybe you were laid off and so you're looking for a new opportunity to be able to redefine yourself. This is a really interesting area to follow. So please enjoy this conversation with Forrest on NFTs. All right, Forrest, this is an interesting topic, NFTs, especially I think now in 2023. But before we kind of get into really what the deal is with all these NFTs, I think it'd be helpful if you could explain how NFTs actually work. Yeah, sure. Um, it, it's it's interesting because, you know, like you mentioned, it's 2023. NFTs are still a hot topic. A lot of people probably saw and heard about NFTs or non-fungible tokens throughout 2021, 2022, um, throughout the craze around NFTs. Um, and a lot of the craze was driven by money, dollars and cents. People were thinking about it as an investment vehicle and and that's worked out for some and most of the time it hasn't really worked out for everyone um, related to to the investment side of things. But an NFT is nothing magic. Um, A non-fungible token really at its core is um, a digital collectible, but what it really, really is, is a data structure. So an NFT is really a record that's stored on a public blockchain. A blockchain in and of itself is a distributed ledger. It's maintained across multiple peers or nodes in a network. Uh, and they, those nodes, of course, store data. In this case, that data would be balances. So here you think about a really simple data structure. It's an address. Think of it like a username or your bank account ID or whatever identifier you want to think of it as. You map that very simply to a unique identifier could be as simple as an unsigned integer, a positive integer, zero, one, two, three, so on and so forth. Um, To be honest with you, in the simplest terms, that could be an NFT. Uh, Or the mapping might be in the opposite direction, right? It might be the the unique identifier of the NFT or the, the token, if you will, mapped to an owner. That would be your username or your address. And that being accounted for, on a public blockchain, 
is sort of the fundamental characteristic of what an NFT is. Of course, you think, okay, well, if it's just bits and bytes, it's just data, um, you know, what do you really own? And that's a contentious topic because a lot of times the actual content that relate that an NFT relates to lives somewhere else. Um, and that's um, usually it might be an image file, JSON file that lives somewhere else. And there's lots of places that those can be stored. Maybe we don't need to go too deeply into that unless you have follow-up questions that, that go in that direction. But I want everyone to kind of walk away from this thinking about NFTs as not some magical phenomenon that cannot be understood. It's really um, a data structure, a mapping of the ownership of a unique digital asset that, that you can use for a variety of different use cases depending on what content that it points to. So that's my long-winded answer. Um, any follow-up on that? Love your explanation. And I also want to get into what you were talking about with ownership. But before mm -hmm. I do, I really have to ask, so NFTs, are they just JPEGs? Or is there more different types of assets that could be cons considered an NFT? Yeah, there's all kinds, right? You, know, you think you hear JPEGs or, or images as the, you know, sort of in the zeitgeist, right? Because some of the most popular NFTs and the most infamous uh, and negatively viewed NFTs are JPEGs. People say, well, oh, if it's just a JPEG, well, I'll just save that and now I own the NFT. And that kind of misses the point, right? It's the ownership of the unique, one-of-a-kind asset. That's the important thing, right? Um, if you think about um, something like art, you think about um, when you go to a concert and you get there's a you know a thousand prints you know in the bottom corner there's one out of one thousand you're buying that print and you're paying a certain amount knowing that there's a limited run of those posters right they could very easily go print more you can't stop them from doing that right but at least you know or that you want to know that you have one of the original one thousand an NFT really is a digital way and not an irrevocable way for you to prove that I own one of the original 1000 or one of one so it's a digital certificate of ownership and that can pertain to all kinds of different things the concept of fungibility is the most important part right fungibility refers to the exchangeability uh, between you and another person or with an asset of like kind so a dollar bill is a fungible asset i don't care what dollar bill i have because i can give you a one dollar bill you give me another one dollar bill back they have different serial numbers, but they're worth the same thing. They're fungible. I don't care what dollar I have. Non-fungible tokens or non-fungible assets are assets that might be of the same kind, but have totally different value because they have different characteristics. So trading cards are a great example. The condition, uh, the addition, the content on the actual card, right? The rarity, all those things drive how much value that piece of paper actually has um, in the market. And it's driven by the demand for those things. And those things can also change. So it, just because something is scarce doesn't mean it's valuable. So you have to think about it in, in both of those terms as well. Because people always get hung up on scarcity. Oh, I own a one of one. Okay, well, if it's scarce, that's great. It might be very valuable to you, but is it valuable to someone else? The second part, <laughs> the value to someone else is what drives the value that you can sell it for. You have to have a buyer. Um, so when we think about NFTs as an investment, that's another thing altogether. But your question really pertains to what you can use them for. A lot of different things. 
JPEGs and art, fine, great, that's a thing. Um, but also, what else is an asset? To me, my identity and my uh, academic credentials, my uh, pr- professional credentials, those are also assets to me. Things that I want people to be able to verify easily, but I also want to have control over who can see. Uh, and so maybe NFTs are used for certificates of ownership of a professional uh, certification in the future. Um, NFTs can also be used for in-game items. That's another big thing. Bringing a sort of shared ownership layer and um, settlement layer for in-game assets. So you play Fortnite, you have Fortnite skins. It's the easiest one to, the easiest example people know. It's ubiquitous. Rather than being trapped in that one game with that Fortnite skin, you have no secondary market. Can you allow people to buy those skins? Play the game. Okay, now I'm sick of Fortnite. I want to sell my assets that I paid for. Someone else wants to buy them. Now the person who played the game no longer wants the asset. They get to make their money back. The person who wanted that skin that got released two years ago that they can't get anymore, they got the thing they wanted. And now the game developer also gets what they want because they get another little, you know, maybe it's a few cents on the secondary market transaction. So you create an economy around in-game items or digital assets, digitally native assets. And this whole concept around the metaverse and us living more and more in the virtual world only gives credence to the fact that whether people like it or not, we're kind of moving in that direction where you're going to start owning more digital things and less tangible things. Um, and some people love that. Some people hate that. I'm kind of in the middle. I want to own physical stuff, but I also like to own digital stuff. So but what, I mean, what do you think? Do, do you think that we're going to move to digital ownership of stuff for the most part? Or are you going to, we're going to see a little bit of both? I definitely think we're going to see both. I think that's, it's very much sounds like the trend of how the internet has evolved. I mean, if you remember back when email came around, people were like, who's going to use email? This thing's ridiculous. You know, and even when computers came out, they're like, why would I buy this? What am I going to need a computer for? And I think as technology has evolved and there's been more use cases that have slowly to start evolving. And especially when there's anything that can, where there's, financial opportunities, I think people are going to gravitate towards it. But I like this yeah. idea of, a, of having more options and, and contracts use it with the blockchain, like the use case you were saying with you get a you go to a university and having that be verified. Or I can imagine people who come from other countries to the United States and they were an, a certified accountant in their home country, but now they come here and they're not recognized as yeah. having the potential to be an accountant here. Yeah, or, or the process of verifying that is difficult. You know, the, like here, like if let's, in each country, like in the United States, for example, there's like a process. Usually it's paper process where you say, I have this credential, and then basically they're like, I trust you, but I don't trust you. So I'm going to go and reach out to that education institution and i'm going to verify based on the information you provided me that what you said is true um to me that's a complete waste of time and if there was a way to nearly instantaneously share with someone a verifiable from a cryptographic perspective proof that i hold this degree or this certification or whatever and that it's valid as well that's important sometimes they're expiring you know like a welding certification for example doesn't last forever um so those are the things that you know you think about that NFTs could be used for, um, and and also just the simplest thing is that you go somewhere like a an event 
for example, a sporting event, or you go to a, um, a conference, or you just go to a meetup for like a, your favorite, uh, you know, artist or whatever. A lot of those things, they often come with like just a little token, a favor. Um, and it's ironic, the token, it's, it's, it's the same word, but you walk out with a sticker or a, your ticket that has some art on it, right? Whatever you want, you collect a memento to remind you of that thing. But oftentimes it's just clutter, right? You want to keep it, but you know, most of the time you, I mean, you probably are in the same boat. Like I had a box full of like tickets and things I collected. It's like, do I really need this? Like I want to keep it, but it's wasting space. A lot of people now are shifting to digital collectibles like that. They don't have any value to anyone except for you. But it's a cool thing that you can display. I went to this event for posterity's sake. You know, you know, I was there. You have this cool little thing you can display on your phone. It doesn't take up any space, but you can still keep those sentimental items, right? So there's another non-monetary use case that doesn't need to have any value. It doesn't need to be any speculation or investing or anything. I want you to go back to the topic you were talking about earlier about really ownership and that being a contentious topic right now. Um, so what are some things that you're hearing and like to share your opinions on that? Yeah. So the, the NFT skeptic would say, okay, so you have this mapping and it's say, you know, you have token 512, you know, so 512, it maps to your address. Okay, great. You're the owner. Then you have a URL that URL points to let's just say an interplanetary file system or IPFS um, resolver link. And so you take that link, you add the 512, that's the ID of your token, and it resolves to some document. Let's, it's probably like a JSON document with some data in it. It's according to a standard. And in that JSON document, there's a link to an image. That image might be in IPFS also, but it also might live in some centralized storage location. It could be an on-premises storage location, could be at someone's house, it could be on a cloud, right? It doesn't really matter. Point being, there's very little barrier to entry or very little barrier for someone to find that image. And since it's publicly accessible, consume that image, save that image, use it for whatever they want. You are the legitimate owner, but there's very little barrier for someone else to see it, use it, download it, save it, copy it, whatever. So then... That skeptic says, if that's the case, what do you really own? Do you really own that image because anyone can access it? That's a, that's a, that's a fair thing to debate, right? And everyone's opinion on that's going to be different. It's not a binary answer, yes or no. It's not a binary answer, true or false. It's kind of a gradient, right? And you know, you go a step further and you think about the actual ownership dynamics. If NFTs are going to be a thing in the future, there needs to be some way. If we're selling like feature films or the rights to uh, to records on in this format in this medium, there needs to be a means to protect the intellectual property. There needs to be a way to enforce royalties for the consumption of that property. And so we don't have that solved yet, but it's not an unsolvable problem. It's not an intractable problem. So the way that I look at it is that NFTs as a concept are beginning to mature. But as a technology, they're not there yet. So I think we know where they could be used, but we're missing some pieces to make them viable from a commercial perspective. And we need to figure out where we want to be in the public, open versus closed and private debate. 
hopefully more on the, the open and decentralized side of things than, than others. That's my opinion. So what would it really take to, is it from a, the technological side? Is there legislation? Is it d- adoption of having more people just have now having a wallet? What is it that, that actually is going to be able to take for the ownership to really be more clear of who the owner is? I think we need a lot of things. We need standards, first of all. We're very fragmented right now. If you have an NFT in one place, there's nothing stopping someone from creating an NFT in some other place. There is also no layer to say if you have this content and I, well, if I find an image online and I then go and mint an NFT on some blockchain, particularly on another blockchain that, um, then where it originally existed, then there's really nothing to stop me from doing that. Um, and so we have to figure out whether we're going to have, in my opinion, what we should have, which is a sort of community moderated community, um, policed system around this, around copyright protection, IP protection, so on and so forth. Um, maybe, and to be honest with you, this is buzzwordy, but I do think artificial intelligence has a part to play here as a not 100% unbiased because it's always going to have implicit bias from its creators and its trainers, but a relatively unbiased uh, arbitrator of copyright and intellectual property disputes. There's a certain level of sentience and like reasoning that needs to go into that. That's far beyond what we have today in terms of like artificial intelligence, but still you get the point. But then also beyond that, we need to establish like a standard around how content is stored, how it's accessed. And we have a lot of the tools already. We have cryptographic primitives where if you have a wallet, it's a private key and a public key pair. You may be deriving addresses from it. You may be using it in different ways. You may have a mnemonic seed phrase, you know, series of words that helps you derive that private key. Whatever you have, you have, if you have a wallet, you have the, the tools to say, only my wallet can decrypt uh, ciphertext that contains the image and all the content related to this NFT that I own. So there's, there shouldn't really be much stopping you on, on to do in doing that. Say, we're going to enforce encrypt, encryption-oriented protection on content for NFTs. And then you can delegate as the owner access, full access to other people. There was a, a project, and I can't remember the, um, the specific name of it now. It's escaping me. But there was a, a, a really cool concept around watermarking content that you know nft pertains to and using cryptographic means to remove the watermark if you are approved to do so by the owner and also allowing the owner to see the unwatermarked content so it's sort of telling that line between still maintaining public access so kind of anyone can see it but there's a clear watermark that says you're not the owner so i couldn't take that content and go shit shop it to somebody else because i'm i have that watermark on my on that content not a perfect solution. Obviously, if it were, we would be seeing it and using it today. But those are some of the some of the ideas. There's not a perfect answer today. And also, storage technology is not there either. There's the, the elephant in the room, which is that such a small percentage of a percent point of the world even knows about this technology, let alone cares. And so until we make incremental progress to move the needle on that part, fix a demand side, that's when a lot of the solutions start to come because builders build where there are customers 
and customers are different in the sense that it's a decentralized thing. Okay, we get that, but there's still customers. It's still the demand side. You build something so that people will come and use it. The last thing I'll say on that front is that right now, I think there's more negative sentiment to undo because of the actions of maybe not so few greedy people on the NFT front. That needs to happen before we can fix that that problem I just mentioned, which is moving the needle on demand. Because I think the people who care about NFTs now are people who see the forest for the trees, who see beyond the speculator's paradise and what it can be used, what these could be used for. As a technology, very few people see it that way. Part of that's media coverage, but I think the community has to take responsibility also. And I'm part of it, <laughs> right? I'm part of the community. Um, I haven't sold a trashy NFT collection, so I can't say I'm guilty, but I'm part of the community is my point. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's what makes it so interesting to be in this space right now. For a, a lot of people, most people really in the world, this is the first time they're really a part of something that's really emerging and they can be a part of that process of emerging. Whereas a lot of people, they maybe maybe they start adopting technology when a lot of when really the the infrastructure of the internet was already created so they just became consumers of it or mm-hmm. now they can start to be decision makers or builders of it so it's a real I, I still think it's a really exciting time for sure and and the the biggest thing that resonated with me when i like really took the time to think about it ultimately these technologies are going to have to be consumed we talked about the demand side the consumer for NFTs and NFTs do not stand alone as a technology that just solves things on their own. It's going to be a part of a much broader solution for most things. The average person who uses NFTs will not know the word NFT or non-fungible token. They might not even know the concept of fungibility. They might just be a gamer who has digital tokens that they don't know. They don't really care how it works. It just works. They have an app with their digital credentials that they have control of now, rather than being reliant on some paper process. They will not know that it is based off of this technology that was once hated for being uh, right-click save JPEG. And that is when we move out of the what is possible and theoretical into, okay, we've actually arrived. And it will at that point mean that the fun thought exercise time for folks like us is maybe passing. We've got to find the next cool technology that will change things to, to, to latch onto and to imagine and think about because it will move into the mainstream eventually. That's my belief. I agree. Yeah. I think it's definitely going to be in the mainstream and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if every company that has an asset would want to make it an NFT because of the benefits that the blockchain provides of having that contract and ownership that is, as you were saying earlier, more difficult, I would say, to be able to really verify currently. Yeah, for sure. And you can, you have this, this access. I, I didn't, I had tried to abstract away the idea of a smart contract or like code in the in the initial example, but you bring up a great point. It's programmability is a big part of NFTs. Not only can you enshrine and account for ownership throughout history of a given asset identified by a unique identifier, but you can also express 
conditions and code and logic around how those things are consumed, how they're used, how they're purchased or rented. Um, yeah, so imagine you can be, you know, I played a bunch of, you know, online games as a kid. I don't have time for it anymore, but you know, uh, if you have, you spend hours and hours and hours building up a character, leveling up a character, or you've gotten all these cool items that are useful in game. When you quit the game or when you're too busy to play, that's all that time you sunk into is just sunk. It's gone. But imagine you had the ability to rent those assets to somebody trustlessly. I don't need to know you. I don't need to trust you at all. But I can rent this to you on a public ledger, this item, you know, your woodcutting axe or whatever. You can pay me some nominal fee, and I'm now making somewhat passive income on the effort that I've expended previously, all digitally. Um, so like, those are some of the things that excite me about this. Yeah, it is definitely exciting. So I know I'm still learning a lot about NFTs, and I'm sure the people who are listening definitely are not experts. So mm-hmm. NFTs, are they? can they be consumed on any blockchain, or is it only certain blockchains where NFTs are available? Yeah, so you, I would say generally speaking, you see NFTs being created or minted, as they would be colloquially called, on blockchains that have a an execution environment, meaning where you can write smart contracts, which really just code or scripts. And those scripts really just define the data structure that we talked about before, which is that mapping of ID to address or address to ID to um, balance, however you want to do it. There are different uh, standards now. And then on top of that, then you also have the logic for like maybe uh, for royalties. You know, if I sell this NFT, whatever, or uh, marketplaces, you see NFT marketplaces. Those are also logic that basically say if this person wants to sell an NFT to this person, you need to set uh, an ask price, a bid price, then they set up all that logic for buy and sell of NFTs. Um, so blockchains that you would see that on, uh, Ethereum is probably the most ubiquitous of them all. This is where NFTs originally started. Um, but any number of blockchains now, Polygon, Solana, Avalanche, like any blockchain that has smart contract capabilities or an execution environment, you can see NFTs on. This is also a problem because that's the fragmentation that we were talking about before, which is if you have all, you have now one of the issues we're trying to solve is to have a, a sort of single settlement layer and accounting layer for digital assets. We have like, we have the technology now, but now we have a fragmented mess where there's like a thousand different systems of record for this. So like I've NF- if I, if I'm a, the average NFT collector, I might have to have like six wallets. I'm on 10 blockchains and I have no freaking clue where anything is even though, and I know this stuff, right? So like that's the thing that needs some focus as well is there's, there's still a lack of, interoperability between these different blockchain networks, which we need to have. But there's also just a lack of, um, I guess, refinement. There are not going to be 10,000 blockchains in the future. At least I hope not. Uh, and I'm a fan of the technology is like my whole career, but we don't need 10,000 blockchains. There will not be a lot of the thing. If you scroll through like coin market cap and you look at all these different projects, 
and you sort them down to like layer one blockchains, like 99% of those will not exist in the future. Are you seeing these blockchains right now, are most of them by nonprofits or are there some that are also run by other companies that are being adopted? It's a bit of both. I would say generally speaking, you, you see most often run by foundations okay, that foundations, are open source yeah. communities. So yeah, they want to make money to fund development and they pay developers. Um, they're not commercial entities in the sense that they have board of directors that demands, you know, they're, they're not public companies. There are some that are coordinated by public companies, but by and large, you're looking at open source communities that vary in degrees of decentralization. And so there's, that's the other big debate, you know, in this space is like, how, how decentralized is it? Which to me is a nonsensical thing to look at because you can't really measure it accurately. It's all, it's all subject to just opinion. And then how you would qualify different actions and things that have happened in the past as more or less decentralized. So yeah, it's an important thing to think about when it comes to uh, your own preferences and we should strive towards decentralization in my view, but the overfixation on it is a little crazy until we can measure it accurately. If you had a crystal ball for this year and maybe in the next 10 years, what do you think is going to happen with NFTs? Uh, this year, I think that there will still, I think that this year you're going to see more commercial, like larger enterprise type organizations continuing to either signal their interest in NFTs or actually publicly launch things related to NFTs. Why? Because I'm sure they started working on it uh, when it started getting hot, but companies like to take their time and build things. They don't do things quickly and rashly usually. And so some things that might've been worked on for a while might get released now. Um, however, I don't see this huge thriving NFT bull run, or I don't see a thriving NFT uh, hype cycle because I still think that there's maturity that needs to be, uh, that needs to be brought. If you look at, you know, the past and you look at other niches in this space, there's always a hangover after the huge hype cycle. It's like NFTs will solve world hunger. And then it's like, oh, wait, actually, they won't. NFTs are like mostly a scam. And then like we're down here. We will make our way back up, but it's just going to take time. And this is an important step. It's the same thing happened in many different areas of the space. 10 years is a long time. Uh, I think ten by 10 years, we will have highly interoperable network of blockchains where you won't even know the difference between using one or the other. It will be seamless. You will have one wallet or one application. Some people will use custodians, so third parties like banks to do this. Others will do it themselves um, because choice is the ultimate freedom. Now you don't have to force anyone to do anything. Uh, and then you will have a lot of people using NFTs without knowing it. And a lot of the people who said NFTs are nonsense and that they're the worst thing in the world are going to probably be using the technology that they said is terrible. Yeah, they'll and forgot they'll, that they'll, they were saying that. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, and, they'll do it, and they'll do it happily because it will present value to them. Forrest, I've learned so much from you. I'm sure a lot of people have. Where can people go if they want to keep up to date with what it is that you're working on um, or just uh, follow you on the internet? Yeah, I mean, I am 
swamped because I have a new baby and crazy work stuff going on. So I don't post a ton on social media, but uh, if you want to connect with me professionally, uh, LinkedIn is good. I can give you a link to that. Um, that's probably the best place for now because I'm trying to keep track of it as, as best I can. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jillian. I really appreciate it. Forrest, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. So amazing to learn from you. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Glad it was uh, my ramblings were of some value. (laughs) Absolutely.